y'all. I'm Erin Bagwell. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Feminist Wednesday's Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, women in STEM are celebrated on screen. Natalie Portman is my bodyguard. And women take over a new genre of film, horror movies. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television, the glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Talk. Did I say horror really like with a buffalo accent? You might have. Horror. Horror. <laughs> we got the horror genre. <sighs> I don't know what a buffalo accent sounds like. It's like a, I can't describe it, but it's, you'll know it when you hear it. And it s- slips out of my vocal arrangements. I feel like your times. mom has a bit of a, an accent. Is that a true thing? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I probably don't hear it, but I can hear it like when I go home with my aunts and stuff. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I feel like it's like maybe, is it New Jersey with like a little bit of Canada? Like the softness of Canada? It has a bit of Canadian. It's a lot of like hot, like long, elongated and ugly A sounds. Like mm. ma, like it's a lot of eh, like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Eh. Anyways, <laughs> oh, my headphones are sliding. Anyways, we got them back on. How are you this morning? I'm good. I'm good. I'm putting a lot of faith in Mother Earth and Mother, Mother Nature that she has a grand scheme for spring. Yeah. That, like, we're going to have some incredible summer or something. Any day now. Any day now. I mean, it's boring to talk about. I heard about. it was supposed to snow this weekend, though, and it didn't, so at least that's good. Oh, my gosh. We dodged a bullet, and we didn't even know it. Yeah. Could well, be worse. Yeah, I know. But all the flowers are springing up, and that makes me so happy because flowers are... I know, I was Instagramming some flowers, and I was like, this is a Diana shot. <laughs> My friend was like, um, do people have the flower stands out? Like, are you going to be posting pictures of that? <laughs> or, like, it's like I'm already behind on on the expectations of others. Yeah. But that's nothing new. Um, I'm really excited for today's episode. I'm nervous. Are you? Well, this is not a genre you, like, we... Don't I like know. This. I feel like we should really preface this. Well, first of all, I, I feel like my voice sounds like a crazy person because I got like four hours of sleep last night. And my neighbor, like I woke up at 430 in the morning, like wide awake. And I have like no idea if like I if my na- and my neighbors were walking around upstairs. And I was like, did they make a noise? Like, why am I awake? So my mm. voice sounds sultry. Yeah, you're going to sing some smelly. Like- oh, you're and- my friends. I was going to make a Phoebe joke. Oh, boy. Oh, God. It happened again. <laughs> um, yeah, and I feel like I'm a little – I got to warm it up to get into this episode. Okay, okay. Well, but, I feel like I sound a little bit mannish as well, so maybe it, this is the theme for today. All right, great. We're talking about kind of a scary thing. Are we? <laughs> well, we are. It's we're t- So today we're talking about Annihilation. Yeah. Uh, which is a new film directed by Alex Garland, also written by him. Um, starring Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Gina Rodriguez. I thought Tessa Thompson was my friend Adrian Lewis the entire time I was watching it because she's an actress and she's been in a bunch of TV shows and they look very similar. And I was like, is that my friend Adrian? And I like couldn't, like for the first 15 minutes of her being on screen, I was like, I'm convinced this is her. I got a Facebook messenger and tell her congratulations. Why isn't she promoting it? She, and I texted her after and she's like, you're such an idiot. Like, love you, but no, it's not me. Oh and my I'm like, God. yeah, I Googled it. You're like, well, it turns out it's it turns out it's not you at all. But um 
this I really loved this movie. This mm-hmm. is like the most fun I've had at the movies this year. Whoa, <laughs> Nelly. Yeah, hot What take. a statement. I know, but I just like bought in and I was in. Yeah. Like I just, I fully, this is not a genre of film that I like, I get really nervous about horror. I don't watch horror movies. Mm-hmm. I don't like jumpy things. Well, I feel I like you grew up in a Quentin Tarantino household, so I don't <laughs> believe anything you're saying right now because your mom loves violence, loves horror. Like that's such a... <laughs> My mom loves violence. Well, not she. She sees it as the cinema. I, I there's something I can't disconnect. I I, I was thinking about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think that I'm like a visual empath because Aww. I can see and I can feel like the terror and the horror that people experience, which is why I don't traditionally like these, you know, types of media. And some yeah. people I think can disconnect. And your mother is a huge Quentin Tarantino fan, so yeah, she is. I'm. I don't think of Quentin Tarantino as horror. I don't think of. I don't it think as he's not violent. horror, but. You don't think it's violent? No. I, I think it's violent, but I do. I, that is not something I primarily think of with him. Whereas the, I, I realize that's like something people only think of with yeah, him. Yeah, that's outrageous. I feel yeah. like he's, his stuff is always like super bloody. It's super bloody, but I think it's so comic booky and it's so like, it's the characters for me in Quentin Tarantino movies that I think of first and foremost. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's second, or sorry, that's first and the violence is like, Almost presented in this well, kind think, of weird way. I think you just named your coming at it from a different so yeah beast. So today's episode has nothing to do with Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm coming. I came at this movie um, when I first saw the trailers for Annihilation. I was like, that looks pretty cool. I was like on board with Natalie Portman, and the first trailer was I really thought it looks cool too. Mm-hmm, the first trailer was really abstract, mm-hmm. and it just had like shooting a machine gun like crazy at some kind of scary beast but we didn't see like we didn't see anything it was literally just her kind of going into this weird like jungle world yeah um and then the second trailer i feel like it gave away everything i don't think i saw the second trailer okay it was disappointing because Mm -hmm. when i sat down to watch this movie i felt like i had seen the first half of the film Mm. obviously details were filled in plot was filled in all of those kind of like characters context but the images we had already seen. Okay. And that was really disappointing to me. It's always so, it's interesting. Like a trailer can really, It's sometimes I don't even like to watch them if you mm-hmm. know you want to see something because mm-hmm. it's like you want to keep it fresh. And I know they like to divulge like your real top moments, but it is kind of a, it's a tricky thing to be like a good trailer editor. It is. And I think that like the pacing is either off of them or they're too long or yeah. they give away, like I said, the most incredible visual cues. Like the mm-hmm. new Jurassic World trailer is this again. They give away, I know it is the most visually stunning part of the film. Yeah. You just know it. You just know the amount of work that went into this image. And they put it in the trailer. And it's just like, guys, if you want people to go to theaters and you want people to have the cinematic experience, stop giving it all away. Well, there's so much media out there. It's like you really got to hit with the big guns, I guess, and then just hope that people want to see it on a big screen. Yeah, which is not enough. You can't, like, run an industry off of hopes and dreams. Yeah, that's true. Kent, do you mind turning the television screen off behind Diana? It's, like, moving around. It's I'm... Are, you not, are you distracted <laughs> in this film? Or in it's, this? like, doing this weird animation thing, and it's, like, it's really eye-catching, and I it's annoying me. Oh, well. Let that not be a thing any further. Anyways, for a trailer, for me, less is more. Yeah. And I really got, I was really frustrated for really, I mean, I mean it. The first, I want to say like 40 minutes of this movie, I felt like I was like, oh, and I saw that in the trailer. Oh, and I saw that. I feel like I really liked the first, I liked the first half of this movie a lot. Okay. 
nervous. Um, so to give, I'm going to be so positive about this. Well, you don't have to be. I mean, not not in a uh, a sarcastic way or an insincere way, but I I felt bad because I texted you after I watched it, and I was like, oh god, like why did you make me watch this movie? And then you felt really bad, and I was like, no, I just I think it's the genre for me. I wasn't expecting. You know what I thought this movie was? I thought I was going into watch an arrival with like mm. a girl team. Mm-hmm. And it was not either of those things. No. And so I was like, oh, this is like not what it what I wanted it to be. And then it was like just a lot. Yeah. And then I was like, once I figured out where we were going, because I feel like the first half is not scary. It's not a scary movie. They're really setting it up. It's really suspenseful. We're really sci-fi. We're building the world. And I was totally into all of that. And then once it got, like, pretty heavy, I mean, I guess the minute they enter the shimmer. Yeah. um, I liked the alligator scene. Yeah. But then once they saw that shot of him cutting the guy's stomach open, I was like, should I leave the theater? Like, I am not mentally or emotionally prepared to see any of this. Yeah. And I think that was the, I think that was the only really, like, violent part of it. I'm trying to think of other scenes. There might have been here or there. But then I was like, oh, shit, like, this is, we're, we're all in on, like, just terrorizing these women. And I was like, oh, Fuck. And that's what that for me was like took me a lot out of it just because I was not a, not ready to receive that. It's very visually. intense. It's yeah. very intense. And they keep driving it up, driving it, driving it up, driving it up right up to the screaming bear scene. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's really, really, really a heavy lift. Like yeah. it gets to be quite a bit. Anyways. And so- then I felt like we're, and we're going to get into like the different pieces of it. But mm-hmm. the end to me, I liked the ending. Mm-hmm. But. The lead up to get to the ending was was felt like we were watching like someone's independent film brain, which I kind of was like into, but then I was kind of like, "What is going on?" Yeah, I feel like Alex Garland dropped acid and like made the and I'm cool with that. Like I like the fantasy, like I like it, like the Guillermo del Toro, like I like getting into somebody's world. Yeah, but it felt like a little bit draggy or something. Like the pacing, something felt a little off at the end, and then. Um, that I was kind of like, I don't care anymore, really, what happens. Like, I just hope they all yeah, die. I just wanted it to stop. Yeah, I wanted yeah. it to end. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> to give everyone, like, a little bit of context around what this movie is about, it follows uh, Natalie Portman, who is um, a scientist, and she studies cancer. I love cancer cells. Yeah. I loved, I loved the biology of this movie. Oh, and my God. And obviously it's a... I mean, it's based in some science. Cells are, you know, things that make us mm-hmm. up as beings. But it, I thought that was so cool. And they're in the woods and they're all doing science stuff. And they're like, you know, we're tracking the moon. And we know. I just, I liked that whole tech vibe of it. Oh, the tech vibe of this movie is amazing. Mm-hmm. And so Natalie Portman is brought on. Her husband comes back. She thinks that he's been um, in the Middle East for, uh, he's that part of the military. That was also shocking to me mm-hmm. for some reason. Like, I was very triggered by that as well. I was like, oh my God. But they, they kind of just left that plot line well, it's not about him. Right, that, right, right. I really like that. So he yeah. comes back and he's not well. Like he's like bleeding. He's like totally out of it. He can't really remember anything. He feels mm-hmm. like he's just really out of it. And then he gets taken to the secret military base location, as does Natalie Portman. Turns out there's been this thing that come that has come down to Earth that they call the Shimmer. And they've sent the military into the Shimmer um to no avail nobody has come back mm-hmm. that they have sent in it's just like this except is, for her husband except for her husband um oh and there's a great line where she's just like because natalie portman plays this really great character that she's so practical yeah and she's like but something did come back 
my husband came back. And yeah, it's just like, she, oh my God, I love this. The dialogue in this movie was at, at some point so seamless and then at some point so jarring with its personality or it was very like strange. And I think, I don't know if they wanted you to, because there was like that one scene where she was like, well, I have to go in. And we're all like, well, do you? But this is what I like about, this is what I like is like, so either nobody has come back or um, Oscar Isaac, who plays Natalie Portman's husband, comes back. He's great. He's fine. Isn't he in other stuff? He's in Star Wars and he's in Inside Llewyn Davis. And yes, he's yes. in five years. I like him. He's a good, or 10 years. <laughs> it's about a high school reunion. Um, anyways, I really, yeah, he's he's good. Um, but what I like about this is they send in a team of four women to go and investigate the Shimmer. Like, find out what the hell is going on with this thing. I felt like her motivation for entering, though, felt a little disjointed. I know we learned later, like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, she might have cheated on – or she cheated on him. Did he know? Did he not know? Is that mm-hmm. why he went in? So she feels this guilt, like, this burden, like, well, I have to go and kind of finish what he started. Um, I But I thought the kind of – that was a little disconnected when she was explaining it to the other manager of the troupe, I guess. Yeah, well, because she can't reveal anything. Like, yeah. she has to be so guarded but about felt, why she's there. It felt so, I don't know. Again, the di- something was weird, heavy or sticky in the dialogue that was just like, what? You know what I mean? Like, she could have played it more subtle because we're going to figure it out later, mm-hmm. you know, and keep it the mystery. But she was like, I've got to go. Like, it just was so intense. It just was, it felt weird for her character. Huh. I don't know. Like, and when, when her and Jennifer Jason Lee are, like, going in? Like, when they're in her office, oh, and okay. she's like, let me tell you about everything, which I also thought was shocking, because it was like, you're this wife, you're this, like, nobody person. I thought they were, like, going to kick her out or lock her up or whatever, and she's going to have to prove herself. They're like, oh, you want to go on this thing? Come on along. But that's what I liked about it, is, like, we had been sending teams of men this mm-hmm. entire time, and it's not working. And I kind of love that they, like, trusted these like this, like, badass team of women to go in and, like, <sighs> Figure it out. I don't think I. I know that you had mentioned that earlier, but I don't think that that wasn't. I didn't read that as an audience member. Oh. I. I mean, and I received that because you had told it to me before, but I. I didn't get any gendered. I just felt like everyone was like, "Well, we got to send everybody in, and maybe the scientists will do it." And it just it, it didn't feel intentional in that way. That I know you. The reason feel it. why, maybe not at that moment, but throughout the movie. The reason why that felt so gendered to me um, is because all these men had been trying to dominate it and mm-hmm. trying to, like, overcome the shimmer and trying yeah. to, like, put it in its place and, like, make it stop being so destructive, whereas the women wanted to understand it. And mm-hmm. you see that in the scene with the alligator where they're, like, looking at I his don't teeth. Think, though, and I think it was their... more because they were scientists, though, and because they were... But they had, I think like, it's the intentional core... that they're a team yeah, of yeah. women. No, no, I... I mean, obviously, it was the choice that they made, and mm-hmm. they're making this movie about these women. But yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't totally get that connection. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's, there's also the other dialogue scene that was so funny is when she's having the affair, and she's looking out the window, and she's like, and the guy's like, "You don't hate me. You just hate yourself." And she's like, "No, I hate you too." And the audience laughed out loud. Yeah. And I was like, "What are we doing here?" That was a very bizarro. I could have really done without the affair. I didn't understand why that needed to be a part of it. I, I don't feel know like why you she needed, needed to, to give her motivation to get into the shimmer, I guess. But 
I would have liked a scene where the husband came in and we knew definitively because the whole time she's like trying to poke information to find out if he knows or not. Even when she's talking to the psychologist and she's like, well, you know, he's trying to self-destruct the family. Like, well, why is he just self-destructing the family? Is it because I like she wants to say, is it because I had the affair? Did he know? And she doesn't. I think the theme around self-destruction in this movie is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think it's such also an interesting psychologist. Thread. The like blonde lady. Jennifer Jason Lee. Is that who that is? <laughs> the person who leads the team. Yes. yes. She's amazing. Yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee is amazing. Wow. Um, but what the so the cool thing about the shimmer, going back to the plot, is that it refracts DNA. And so you get into this the whole world reminded me of this like scary Lisa Frank like jungle that's trying to kill you. Because Lisa Frank Oh, I like that. Yeah, because everything like looks all because it's refracted through a prism, it makes everything rainbowy. Mm. And so you get this like gorgeous like rainbow shimmer like you can only describe it as a shimmer on everything like leaves and their faces sometimes and through the air coming through the trees like it's just like so gorgeous and I loved the world that they created with the shimmer. I will say I also enjoyed the world. Um, I thought it was really cool. I think what you're saying about the color is dead on. I loved that they showed kind of the destruction with like some of the mean animals and then the light with some of like the deer and stuff. The only thing that I felt was like a little bit, and this is like very nitpicky, but um, I felt like the fake flowers that they used were so evidently like the foliage was like that they had planted these fake flowers like you know, they see, obviously filmed everything on location. Like, they did a really beautiful job, like, going into the forest. Um, but I thought they could have – I don't know. They need to, like, rub those things in dirt or something or the color correction on them was weird. They looked like fake flowers to me. I thought that was intentional. Screen. Okay. Yeah, because it's supposed to be, like, otherworldly. It's, n- it's Nothing is supposed to look like But I world. almost then just want them to be CGI and have, have like, a gloss to them. They literally would have blown like... the budget. They did that intentionally. They didn't want to do a lot of CGI because it would have made this film way too expensive, and they already had a producer Do we know how much out. this movie was? $40 million. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. The, they intentionally did not do a lot of CGI because they wanted it to look like something had landed as mm-hmm. opposed to something was created and yeah. we had like gone somewhere Well, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, when you walk through Brooklyn and someone plants like, like fake flowers in the grass and you're just like, what the fuck is this? I'm also into that though. I feel like that's a great way to brighten up <laughs> <What>? the neighborhood. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Oh my God. So um, I, have- I think like the, I think the conversation around self-destruction, there's a gorgeous scene between or I don't know, I thought it was amazing. The scene between Natalie Portman and Jennifer Jason Lee, where they talk about the suicide mission. Mm-hmm. They talk about it as being a suicide mission to go into the shimmer because you don't understand it. Nobody's come back, this whole thing. Yeah. And they talk about suicide versus self-destruction. And mm-hmm. Jennifer Jason Lee, who's the psychologist, makes all of, she makes a really interesting point around we all kind of commit suicide in a way in our lives because we constantly upper limit we constantly sabotage totally we destroy relationships that are working we pursue destructive paths um and i thought it was fascinating to talk about uh or that they talk about on screen the differences between suicide and Mm self-destruction um and that notion of creating something new through, through the refracted dna um or you know, what What does it mean to live a life as seen, like, through Oscar Isaac's character where he's destroyed? Like, he's come back and he's just, like, a, sh- a shell of his former self after this mission. Well, spoiler alert, he's 
not himself. He's not himself. He's yeah. Like, no. <laughs> um, but I thought that was such an incredible piece of dialogue. In yeah, that movie. I felt like the di- I agree. I think like all the conversations between the women were really thoughtful. And then I guess there were moments that just were like so unthoughtful that I was so confused. Mm. Like it didn't didn't feel like cohesive. Because I think you're right. I think sometimes they really like sunk into it and their relationship was really interesting. And I loved, I really loved, I guess Natalie Portman is the our central figure. I loved her relationship to everyone. And even when Tessa would say something about the biology, everyone would stop mm-hmm. and like give her space. And it was like, this is so fun. Like she didn't have a ton of lines, but when she did speak, it was very intentional. It was like very informed. It was really cool. Like they were all really cool. Yeah, I think my favorite scene, the scene that I thought was most creative was the scene where they come across this field and there's all these like flower people. It's like people, the shape of people, but Mm -hmm. like covered in flowers. The guy next to me (laughs) when that scene happened was like, whoa, (laughs) like he kept having these very audible like reactions to this film. Yeah, and I went to the movie alone, so I'm sitting next to like this couple and it was so funny and I was at first I was like, ugh, like I don't want to sit next to these people, but he had the best reactions to stuff. <laughs> it was hysterical. Amazing. Um but what I liked is like Tessa Thompson's just like, "Oh my god, like the DNA is This is when they're figuring out the DNA is refracted. This is why mm-hmm. everything looks weird. This is why everything is rainbowy. Like it's like they they're starting to figure out the world." And Tessa Thompson's like, "Oh my god, they refracted the cells that are responsible for making the human form, the like literal physical structure of our bodies. And that's been refracted into the DNA that makes up flowers. And I was just like, I'm dying. This is like <laughs> the best thing I've ever been a part of. I love this scary Lisa Frank world. I'm so into this. I love these women. Yeah. I was so in. I wish that there had been a little bit more, like I felt like this was Natalie Portman's movie and not really like a team movie. Like I think she was definitely the central you know, anchor. And I loved her relationship to everybody. I would have liked to see them kind of work together. Do Like they did save um, Tessa from the alligator in the beginning, but I would have liked to see them. Then it felt like after that really cool moment, then they just started getting picked apart and it was like every person for themselves, which I guess was the intention of. And why, honestly, they probably build Natalie Portman. She's pretty much the strongest. You know, she's the central. Yeah, well, she's, she's the one where the payoff has to come from eventually. Yeah. But... I I felt the team. Like, I like Gina Rodriguez. I like... I love Gina Rodriguez. This, what a role. What a role wow. for her. Good for her for doing this yeah. while she's doing Jane the Virgin. Wow. Yeah, she was, she was so great. Yeah. She was really something else in this movie. And she really... I think she really showed, like... It's hard. She plays... At one point, she plays someone who's, like, in distress and mm-hmm. is seriously, like, losing her oh mind. My God, and she just keeps looking at her hands. I'm just like, oh, oh my God. God. I bought in 1,000% to what Gina was serving up. I was like, this is, you are a star. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. I thought her acting chops were just, like, on on display for all to see. I loved I it. I didn't really like her, her, like, look, though, which is, like, a nitpicky thing. But I thought they really were like, oh, she's a lesbian. Like, let's shave part of her head. And I was like, I don't, we didn't really need no, to do that. I know. That's but just, whatever. like, boy stuff, I feel. Yeah, it was, like, a little <laughs> bit, like, too on the nose. Just, like, let her be a normal person. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the interesting things about this is it's based on a book. And oh. Alex Garland adapted the book. Um, he didn't read it before he adapted it. He what? heard about it. And he heard a, somebody explained the book to him. And because it's such a like dreamy, weird, abstract concept, he got okay. like the he got the, the main plot points mm-hmm. and he wrote the screenplay off of that. 
he's like, I kind of wrote it Did as a dream. Did he ever read the book? Yes. Okay. And then he read the book <laughs> and he kind of went back and like worked with the author to like kind of refine up the screenplay. Um, and, you know, he's done Ex Machina, 28 Days Later, Never Let Me Go. Like he he has a very... It felt very Ex Machina to yeah, me. Yeah, it's very Ex Machina. That movie. Well, you haven't seen Ex Machina? <laughs> no, Mary Perino, the dream girl director of photography once... There was, like, one time where we were, like, on set for, like, six hours or something, and she just went through all the movies that she'd seen, and she was like, okay, here's the beginning, middle, and end. And she, like, just gave me, like, little briefs of stuff that she was watching. I love it. And it was hysterical, and so she told me about it. She should be on this podcast. I would listen to anything Mary Perino talked about. Mm -hmm, Oh, my God, that's delightful. Um, So Alex Garland wrote this screenplay. So for people, when they went and saw it, um, they were, like, you know, lovers of the book were just like, oh, my God, I'm so happy they made a movie out of oh, this. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. It has nothing to do with the book, yeah. aside from the main plot points. Yeah. So that's been a huge problem for this film. The other huge problem is Alex Garland has been accused of whitewashing mm. because Natalie Portman's character in the book is Native American. Oh. And Jennifer Jason Lee's character is Asian. I would have loved to see a Native American person, like, getting into the gr- – like, fig- like, you know what I mean? For sure. So this is something that – um has kind of followed Alex Garland around as he did the press for this, rightly so. Sure. Um, well, you got an answer for it. And he did. What happened So here? he said, do you want me to just read this whole he thing? He probably said we couldn't have made this movie without Natalie Portman. Yeah. <laughs> is what he probably wanted to say. There. You know. There. Um, so he said, this is an awkward problem for me because I think wa- whitewashing is a serious and real issue, and I fully support the groups drawing attention to it. But the characters in the novel I read and adapted were not given the names or ethnicities. I cast the film reacting only to the actors I met in the casting process or actors I'd worked with before. There, were no, there was no studio pressure to cast white. The casting choices were entirely mine. As a middle-aged white man, I can believe I might at times be guilty of unconscious racism in the way that potentially we all are. But there was nothing cynical or conspiratorial about the way I cast this movie. And I guess he addressed this also on The Nerdist. And he said, it would not be in my nature to whitewash anything. I read a book and adapted it because I thought the book was amazing. And I thought, I'm not exactly sure how to adapt this, but I've got an idea. And I just went with it. So that was it. Um, And he explained that uh, he he based the screenplay on Annihilation on a pre-publication galley of the first book in the series before the characters' backgrounds are described. So I... I think his I think his comments are really thoughtful. I like that he's saying like this is a huge problem and I want to talk about it. I don't believe that the studio didn't have a say because the studio had a say. They wanted to make him fix the end of this movie to be a little bit more um resolved mm-hmm. and he got in a huge fight with Paramount. Okay, well, I thought they well, we'll get into that. Anyway, there's just been there's just been a huge like problem he had with the studio over this film. I mean, I, I think that's a beautiful statement. I don't mm-hmm. think you could say anything nicer than that. But I do think, like, at some point, if you're doing tons of research and you're in adapting, you know, the screenplay, like, at some point, somebody had to have said, like, oh, you know, the lead was Native, right? Yeah. Do you know, like, I'm sure it came up. And I'm, I'm sure, sure they decided, you know, again, that they needed, like, a tentpole, you know, star to carry it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they decided Natalie Portman was the right person. That is, uh, it is a shame, though. I feel it's like still a diverse film is something I will say for it. Yeah. It's still a movie that – this wouldn't have been made if it had been four men. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen that movie time and time again. And for sure. And we would not have made Annihilation had it been a team of four men. But I think it is a problem that is worth – it's worth mentioning. Because Absolutely. 
Hollywood has a huge whitewashing problem. And there's, you know, a lot said about even when they've cast um, beloved comic book uh, characters as other races to show more diversity. There's been a huge backlash from fans of not sticking to the origin text. And it's a big conversation. So that's something, yeah, I did want to address because absolutely, it's it's a huge part of this film. But I think what I like most about Annihilation is how it's kind of fitting into this Time's Up is a is, momentum we're having. In the book, they're all four women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you read the book at all? No, I don't think I need to. Yeah, I don't think you do. I do like the Shimmer, though. That whole world is very... I want Lisa Frank to I wish the they would have done... I almost would have liked to see... I mean, and I guess with the budget only being $40 million, that's not a lot of money. No. They didn't um, do a lot of CGI. That's why. No, they didn't. I was going to say, you could have, like, we could have seen... It could have really gotten very, like, Fern Gully, like... <laughs> You know, we could have seen weird bugs. Like, they didn't yeah. really show us a lot of the creatures too much. No. Except when they were trying to eat the women. Oh, my God, that screaming I bear. love that white alligator, though. Oh, I know. He was great. He's great. Do we think he's a he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'd know, almost like it if all of the... Stuff. Yeah, maybe it's a woman. Well, you don't know. I think the screaming bear is for sure a guy. <laughs> There's a funny story about the screaming bear. Ooh, tell me. They named him. What did they They based name? him off of... They were going to call Another him... Another him again. I know. But he is a man. That thing is vicious. I don't know. I think it could be a girl. How scary is it? So this bear. Um, it's like a bear that almost looks like a boar, like has a shape of a boar's face mm-hmm. like, and something else. It's a monster. Yeah. Well, it's refracted. So it's like creating something new. Ooh, Diane, I'm you're so all in it. on this I'm movie. So it. I love it. You're just like dying right now. But, <laughs> um, this- I'm, a, I'm appreciating your version of this movie. The scary thing about the bear is so he eats one of the he eats one of the uh, team members, and when he opens his mouth, you hear the screams it's of the like, team um, member the dying. Hunger Games. I never saw those movies. What? I only saw the first one, and I hated it. In the Hunger Games, the <laughs> birds um, copy the calls of the people who are in the forest. But to to remember someone at the moment they are dying is what is so torturous about that bear. Yeah. That's, I think, what is messing them up so much is because he's, like, screaming in their faces and mm-hmm. all they hear is their friend. Yeah, that's what – this is a Hunger Games So thing. scary. It's the same thing. I think this probably came before Hunger Games. Sure. I'm just – It's not scarier than Hunger Games. Hunger Games never I'm scared anybody sure, that isn't, much. Ca- have you can't seen the Hunger Games? Isn't there, like, that sc- their bird and it, like, regenerates the scary noises and it repeats it back to people? No, there's the Mockingjay and the Mockingjay uh, – That's the singing one. But isn't that there, like, a an, – an evil one too. So, so there's these things called the mutations, not uh-huh. mutations, but mutations. Yes. Yes. And the the those, dogs. Those are dogs, and I think there's like other types of animals too, but like the dogs are like the main vision. Yeah, and they repeat. What do they do? The same thing. They repeat like people screaming that they've murdered, basically. Oh my god, I love it. I live for it. See, I will never watch it. So you, <laughs> you need should to read tell me the Hunger things. Games books, though. I read the first two, and I didn't finish it out. I read it because a boy I was dating was reading it, and I was like, I need to read this. I think the books are good. Hang out with him. They're scary. Yeah, they are. They're dark. They get darker and darker and darker. I thought the books were better than the first movie. The books are 100% better because the movie doesn't have, like, the fear. There's no fear. It's not scary. Yeah. Like, there needs to be, like, an, like these people are going to die. They have to yeah. kill each other. Like, yeah. it's awful. Yeah. There's not that, like, seriousness to it. It's still kind of a Disney movie. The makeup in the second one was also so bad. Nobody, Is that the one with Elizabeth Banks? Yeah. Where she enters? The, nobody's blended. There's no blending. She's in all of them. No blending? What do you mean? 
I just felt like the bronzer on they don't beauty blend them on on uh, Jennifer Garner. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Jennifer Lawrence, get it together. We're really down the beaver tail on this one. Um, there's just that made me everything laugh about so it. So much, I don't know. Jennifer why. Garner. <laughs> I knew that was wrong the minute I said it. I like the commitment to saying it, though. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, Screaming Bear was one of my favorite. They're going to name him Paddington after Paddington Bear, and then they named him something scary off of, like, a Greek mythology situation. Cute. Anyways, he was named because the CGI team, like, spent so much time developing him, and I really like that. I think that's super cute. Oh, boy, Diana. <laughs> you got a horror movie inside of you, I can tell. I'm, like, kind of... No, it's not. It's not something. It's not something I want to like pull at because <laughs> I can't handle it. I can't handle like really scary stuff because I buy in way too much. I feel like if you can handle this movie, you're fine. I feel like that scene where they cut that guy's mm-hmm. stomach open was so disgusting, and it was on screen so long because usually you can kind of like close your eyes <laughs> and like not like watch like watch through your hands. But then they kept showing it, and then I was like, shit, am I like missing a plot point? Like, what's inside of his stomach? So then I was kind of like looking, and I was like. This is traumatizing me, and now I can't get this image out of my head. It was a lot. It was disgusting. Okay. The guy was alive. Yeah. And then, why? Because they all went crazy because of the shimmer. I know, and why did they tape it? I thought the, the there was, like, a weird, they used kind of the filming of, like, the info, the filming of their experiences as, like, a plot point to move stuff forward. And it was like, if these people are really out of their minds, and they're, like, going to cut this guy open who's alive, like, who who was, like, let's tape it and leave it for the next people and put it in a Ziploc bag and write a little note. It was like the weird, I was like, I, I can't connect that in my brain. How, if these people are so, me. <laughs> these people are so off the rails that they like can't, they're clearly like unconscious, but they're like that organized. It was very weird. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I loved it. I thought it was like so fun, so scary. I was all in. Alex Garland like got me. And Natalie Portman got me. She was really. She can do no wrong. If she was not in that movie, I would have walked out of the theater. Yeah, she really, she really she carries it. this one. Yeah, or she grounded it. That's a great way of saying that. Yeah, she grounded this movie. And I kind of wanted to know what happened at the end. With what? Like the movie. <laughs> like I stayed in the theater because oh. I was like, oh, I kind of want to know how this <laughs> we resolves it itself. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to stick to it. It's worth it. Italian, I was really on the brink. I know. You were on the edge with this one. <laughs> I'm happy you stayed. <laughs> uh, uh, debatable on my end. Well, that's it didn't fair. get worse. That was the worst scene, the stomach scene. If we didn't have that, I would have been fine. Mm, the Gina Rodriguez scene was the worst scene for me because I felt so sad for her. <sighs> I kind of liked that they made the girls turn on each other, though, because I didn't want them to be like, oh, they're girls and they like don't have this complex emotions. Like, I liked that they went dark with her. I like that Although they went dark. It was dark. very sad. It's very sad. It's <sighs> sad because Natalie Portman tries to reason with her because it's all they're all scientists so it's all based in this kind of like understanding that we everything is figure outable well, it was sad because she she wasn't open with the girls about what she was finding with the cell so then when it started happening to them they just kind of freaked out and self-sabotaged and I was know. like let's communicate about it coming back to that self-destruction theme yeah. i love i did it. like that the bear saved the other girls in a way though because gina rodriguez would have cut her stomach right open yeah I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I was sad when the one girl died too by the other. Oh, I guess it was the bear as well. 
mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. I was like, really? We're going to start losing people now? I was and like, oh, just, no, like, I, li- I really liked her. I know. Bye. I know. It's sad. And Tessa Thompson's like sad, like quiet death. That was a little. Uh, she walks out into a field and becomes a flower. That was a little strange. But I was like, okay. That I was what I it. would. That's what I would have done in that movie. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, I would have eaten a flower or something she, and said, like, turn me into a tree. But I'm it's out like of here. this whole. It's not this whole this theme shit. of like destruction versus suicide and like this whole like the different ways we die. It was like so interesting. <laughs> You're ready to write a thesis paper about this I'm movie. Right, I'm going. Like I'm like finding. I'm gonna apply to NYU on Monday mm-hmm. and like get my paper in on this because yeah, I really bought into this one hook, line, and sinker. Let's talk about the ending because I cool. I have a lot of questions. Okay. I have no notes for this episode. <laughs> a beaver talk first. I was like, I saw. I know it. you're just sitting like I saw it yesterday, and I knew what I wanted to say about it. Um, but I ha- the only things I did write down is questions about the ending. Yeah. Should we tell people the ending? <sighs> yeah. So, oh my God, as Let's, much as you I can. I would like you to explain it to me. <laughs> so, my how I interpreted the ending is I think that Natalie Portman finally surrenders to the shimmer as opposed to trying to understand it or trying to dominate it. I think her and Jennifer Jason Lee, Jennifer Jason Lee sacrifices herself. And I think that Natalie Portman just surrenders to whatever is happening. I in think this her world. alien counterpart kills her. <laughs> yeah, to take over her body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. Well, I don't think he took over her body. I think there is a duplicate of her. Because remember when her husband kills himself and then the duplicate yeah. alien is like, now I'm here. Yeah. I think the duplicate of her just murdered her. And we sure. got to see the elaborate story that she tells the right scientist guy who she's relaying the information to. Yeah, I think she so was just murdered. At the end, they're both something new. They're like new versions of themselves because that's the whole. Well, they're theme. aliens, right? I think that's almost too like that's not like abstract enough. I think that they are refracted. Is I think what they are. I think that they are like an entirely new creation. Sure, but that's all. That's all I took that as is like they were just like they became part of the shimmer. And I don't fully understand why they were able to leave. Like, is this like the first of an alien invasion? Is this like the well, this, beginning? Well, this is where my questions come in. So the psychologist who's like sacrificing herself and she becomes, she gives herself well, she was going to die. She had cancer. Well, sure. How, but she still did it. Yeah. She still like gave herself over to the shimmer. Mm-hmm. Then there was like her new form. And then Natalie Portman like shoots that form. Although we're, I guess we're hearing the, I know you don't like the word alien, but I'm going to use that for clarification, the alien story of what happened. Because remember she shoots that one and then it's mm-hmm. still, it just stays down there. It's fine. Yeah. That was a little strange. Like I thought that thing was coming after her. Yeah. And it, it was like, oh no, we're going to close this and now we're going to do a whole yeah. duality situation. I thought that was a little, that was the only part that I was like, what's, I'm a little confused. Yeah. It definitely gets a little bit in the weeds. When they're in the lighthouse. Yeah, that was freaky. I loved the art direction of the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. What a set. What also a set. didn't really like that her alien was taller than her. Like, I wanted it to be, like, the same. I wanted it to be a carbon copy of her. No? Why was it, like, bigger than her? But it's something her? new. It's, it can't be a copy because it's something new. Yeah, but I her think husband the was, like, the, still the same person. I don't know. Yeah. 
I would have also liked them to play up the duality of like every creature that enters here has to have a duplicate. Like I would have liked to see two bears or two alligators. I I think they should have like leaned Mm. into that a little bit more because then it would have been like, oh shit, like as we're getting closer to the lighthouse, you know, like another duplicate must be of them, you know? It's, I almost feel like that'd be too on the nose. They really were intentional about like not describing what this is. They I like kind of the just let it exist. Wackadoo enough that it would have been okay. Yeah, because they kind of allude to it with the deers. I would have liked a little more of that. It really was the Maybe test they couldn't of afford like the CGI. <laughs> <laughs> we can't make two of everything. It's going to blow the budget. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think I think the ending is abstract on purpose. I mean, he got in a huge fight with the studio on it because they wanted it to be more nailed down. Yeah. And one of the producers pulled his producer card and was like, we're not changing it. He like totally vouched for Alex Garland, which is kind of well, incredible. Well, I feel like you had, like, you, it had to end dark. Like it did. Certainly, yeah. They couldn't have, what, are they going to wrap it up in a bow? Like, <laughs> no. And now everything's Absolutely fine. Absolutely not. That was the only thing together. I did like about it. I was like, they're sticking to it. Yeah. Like, this is, we're in a dark world. Nature's taking over and nature's going to win. It's the commitment. It's the commitment that I really love. Did we already love. say that the aliens, the, they come back, but they're not themselves. They're mm-hmm. there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So these are my other questions. If they, if the aliens are, or the refracting people, the new versions, if they the ones that came back and they're still surviving, why did they blow up their shimmer world? Because this is what I say. I'm wondering if it's a um, like the start of an invasion. Like they're just sneaking in. Like yeah. they want to have people be on the like. I kind of wonder if they're breaking down the boundary between the shimmer and the wor- and the world we live in, mm. and this is the start of an invasion. I don't know that to be a fact, but that's how I interpreted it. Is like now we can live among the people. Oh, interesting. Because they have one of each. Yeah. It's yeah, like maybe. A, it's a male and a female, and it's like... Because I felt like they could have just waited it out, and the shimmer would have just expanded. Nobody seemed to be able to figure it out anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think that this was all, like, a little bit... Par- oh, my God. And the, the, like, frosted tree things. The crystal trees. Oh, my God. Very cool. So as we also, got- I didn't really get why there were skeletons in front of the... Because so many people had, like, died from... The explosion when it landed. But they were like in those neat patterns. Well, yeah, because the world is bizarre. Okay. <laughs> I was like, somebody organized those? Somebody running the lighthouse? Like, Probably. how did they, how did they oh, get God. there? Can you imagine if, like, there was Maybe like, they were just like, there? they wanted it to feel scarier to know you're entering. Yeah, I think so. I think it was just part of the mystery of, like, the weird world. It's getting weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder as we get closer to the lighthouse, which is where, to explain to viewers, that's where the shimmer landed, is in this lighthouse. Yeah. And so that's where the origin of the world comes from. So and they go in that closer, little, that dark little hole. Yeah. Whew. That was spooky. Yeah, it's really creepy. It was very Pan's Labyrinth, actually. Yeah, I think you just got to buy in. You yeah, really sure. got to buy into this one. And it I tests think you, you need all to know that it's a fucking scary movie. And you need to know it's scary, which I failed to mention to my co host. <laughs> <laughs> But I have no other notes on it. I, I, I bought in. I liked the evil Lisa Frank world and. I was all on board with the gals fighting the fighting the refractions. I mean, I think if you like horror movies, you would like it. I think it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. I just think I didn't want to watch a horror movie. And then I did. And then I was in. Well, you're and welcome. I was like, oh, boy. You're welcome. Here we are. This is how we get you to horror movies. We just tell you it's a I guess so. <laughs> yeah. And Natalie Portman was great. The whole cast was great, I thought. Yeah. I agree. Oh, boy, Diana. Oh, man. Well. Is it time? The time has come to say Happy Feminist Wednesday. 
Um, but before we do leave you, we want to make sure that you like the podcast, you rate it and review it on iTunes or tell a friend. It helps Betty's find the show. Also, if you have a TV show or a movie you want us to review, or if you want a little unsolicited advice about your life, please don't hesitate to reach out at beavertalkpodcast at gmail.com. And thanks so much to the Atlantic Transmission Podcast Network. And of course, Kent. Thank you, Kent. For spending every week with us. Happy Feminist Wednesday. Happy Feminist Wednesday. Attention Springwood, my name is Josh Krebs. And I'm Liz Richards. And we're the hosts of Bloody Date Night. So Josh and I have been dating for four years, and Josh loves horror movies, and I hate them. Yeah, so each episode we go through the horror movie franchise canon to watch an episode and then meet up and we discuss it together. And so far it's been going pretty well, right Liz? I think it's gone pretty well so far. Yeah, each episode I try to see how far I can push Liz to watch a really good horror movie until she basically leaves me and it hasn't worked yet. Not yet. And it's awesome because you're the Tatum to my Sydney. You're sweet. And here's a clip from one of our recent episodes. Hello, I'm Exposition. Hey, let me, t- let me tell you what just happened. There's a break-in at this costume store. Somebody stole some ropes, some knives. Somebody stole a mask. They stole $250. <laughs> they scared a cat. They took two boas. They took two boas. Two feather boas, one uh, set of angel wings. It's one of those goddamn... They're probably having a burlesque. <laughs> probably doing a burlesque show later. I don't know. Oh, Haddonfield. What isn't happening? Haddonfield's first burlesque club. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I would love that. Um, the Lacey Pumpkin. The la- Ooh. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!